step on up, sit down, twist off that bottle top, or crack open that can. And welcome to Porch Matters. This is Terry Cagle coming to you from my back porch. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. The name of this show is Authentic. On Porch Matters, our saying is this. Big issues or just a friendly conversation, nothing is off limits. We take pride in being able to talk about anything with each other in an open discussion. Open discussion is one of the only ways to learn. Your perspective could be changed. You could change the perspective of others. Today is September 11th. If you were old enough to remember what took place on this day 19 years ago, never forget. If you were too young to remember or weren't born yet, learn what happened. As always... I want to say thank you for spreading the word about the podcast. Our last episode is officially the most downloaded episode we've ever done. Thank you. Please keep sharing the show links to your friends, please. On this episode, we discuss date nights and the new normal now with all the businesses shut down due to COVID-19. We talk about movie theaters opening back up and share our thoughts on the new Mutants movie. Then, we play a little game of Would You Rather. I hope you enjoy it. Without further ado, let's get started. Ladies first, Melissa, how was your weekend? How are you? So far, my weekend is going pretty well. I got one more day and I can't tell you how excited I am about it. You look extra giddy tonight. I know, I'm not giddy. I'm just relaxed. I mistimed stuff, I guess. I was in the hot tub a little bit ago, and it was nice and relaxing. So far, it's been a pretty good weekend. Today, we went out to the apple orchard, and we got some apple butter and some candies and all kinds of different stuff. I got this new lotion. It's tobacco and something, and it smells intoxicating. It's a very good smell. Did you have to churn your own butter? No. Okay. (laughs) Jason, how are you doing tonight? How has your weekend been? How is your Labor Day, sir? Well, if Melissa is giddy, then I guess I'm going to be more on the Hebrew side of things, and I'm going to be yiddy. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Fellow our uh, Hebrew brothers and sisters, I'm doing good, man. What did I do? I got a cat. That was a big deal. Yeah. And his name is Banjo. He's my buddy. So I got the cat, and I work. And it wasn't so bad. The humidity's breaking down here in the deep south. The tropical climate is alleviating. So um, that's been nice. That's been really nice. You know, that's about it. I helped my parents with some stuff. They're getting old. And here I am talking with you guys and looking forward to doing stuff around my house tomorrow and decorating for the fall. We're going to decorate. We're going to put up corn stalks, hay bales, scarecrows, and more corn stalks. Thought you already had a bunch of corn stalks from your amateur farming time. Man, those things got drugged to filth, as they say. Drugged to filth. That's my new term. I learned it from uh, this, uh, listening to somebody talk about RuPaul. That's a term they that they use on that show. It's it's popular in that community. So I'm you know I'm I'm open to listening to uh, other communities and, and the terminology they like to use, and and so that's my new term. Uh, yes, my, my entire garden was drug to filth because the deer wiped me out. They totally wiped me out. Even the corn stalks that should be brown in the field right now, they're just uh, on so the they, ground. So they showed you no quarter whatsoever. Absolutely not, man. I mean, I'd look out there at night and I could see their shadows 
And I was like, the hell with it. I guess they're hungry too. What am I going to do? Well, well, you got a point, especially since deer season's not in right now. For those of you that are listening to this show who may or may not know more about this phrase that we are using, if you would be so kind as to give us a comment on either the Facebook page or the Facebook group and let us know if Mr. Akins is actually using this term in the proper context. Tonight on the show, as September is approaching, we are several months in this new normal as they say, due to our wonderful friend, and I use that term very, very loosely, our wonderful friend, COVID-19. A lot of us have had to do a lot of changing and a lot of adapting over the course of this time. And we've heard the phrase, the new normal, until we're pretty much all sick to death of it. But in this context, just want to talk a little bit about how this new normal is affecting those of us that happen to be either dating somebody or are married. Marriage and or relationships is a lot of work. And every once in a while, we need to be able to go out on date nights and all of that good stuff. So, Jason, I want to start with you since you are a happily married man. How are you able to take your wonderful lady, Miss Kay, out on date night? How are y'all getting along? How are y'all keeping the love fires burning in this new norm that we are right, right, stuck right. with Keep, for this 2020? Keeping some wood on the fire, man. Keeping that campfire burning, right? How, how are you keeping the wood on the fire, sir? <laughs> with enhancement. I am. We really uh, are very much homebodies. We don't do a whole lot. To be, we haven't really noticed a big change in our, in our um, date night or anything like that, except in one way and in one activity, and that's the movies, because really the, the, the primary way we go out and enjoy ourselves is by going to the movies. And as you know, we have seen many movies with you, Mr. Cagle. Yes. And uh, we just enjoy going to the movies. It's a great getaway for us. We haven't been able to do that, and that's been, that's been very troubling. But um, other than that, we do basically what we do. We, we're here at the house and hanging out and, and trying to enjoy that. So I guess in that way, it hasn't affected us beyond that. So y'all don't go out and eat much or anything like that? Not really. We're not big on going out to eat. We will go out some, but we always end up just feel after we eat, we feel terrible. We feel bloated and greasy and it's like, forget about it. You know, but and like, like, my, like Kay likes to say, we just paid forty dollars for this, and then in a few hours we're just going to poop it at our butts. So this forty dollars just shot out the keister, you know what I'm saying? Just blow it out your fanny. Well, God Almighty. Well, how how else would you like to? Uh, how else would you like to do that? Blow it out my fanny. Yeah, I mean it beats the alternatives, right? Well, you know, <laughs> I'm not trying the alternative. Okay. <laughs> Melissa. I don't know how I'm supposed to follow that. Up. You are you are supposed to follow this. Oh my god, that was hysterical. I know, right? Oh yeah. Well, before <laughs> how are how are you and Miss Elena handling the new norm as far as being able to keep those love fires burning? 
Well, before COVID, we would go out and about, and I mean, we we tried a lot of fancy restaurants or different kinds of restaurants. We went out to the bar. We would go out to the movies. I mean, we would actually, you know, engulf ourselves in societal kind of ways of dating. And then when COVID hit, we just kind of found ourselves. I think I said this before in a previous episode, just staring at each other, like, what do we do? So to make things fun, at least once a week, we would buy us a bit of alcohol and get us some board games or some cards. And we would play drinking games together or we'd find movies on Netflix or find something to rent or, you know, something like that. Just to have a movie that we both kind of wanted to watch and we'd sit and watch that. We kind of, I guess, had a kind of a bonding experience with painting the house. So, I mean, we did find things to do. We didn't get at each other's throats at all. It was just, it was really fun and enjoyable for us to be together. Now they're starting to open stuff back up a bit. And it's, I'm not going to say completely different, but it is a little different now going out and about. We went out to the bar a few times and they have to shut down at 10 o'clock. They still have to wear a mask. You still have to practice social distancing in the bar, which is kind of hard. And they decided to close the bars down at 10 because, you know, the drunker you get, the more people don't follow the rules. So they figured, I guess, that the earlier you have to go home, the more you'd be abiding by all the rules. They're just now opened up a movie theater. We went to the movie theater here recently. I thought it was going to be a lot different. And there are some differences. But, you know, trying to get back out into that social area where COVID's still present does have its differences. But it's something that's, to me, it's manageable to work through. It's not like I don't want to go out. I still want to go out. I still wouldn't mind going to the movie. I still wouldn't mind doing some of these things. I guess it's a little bit more constructive now, though, because, you know, you don't go out and waste a whole bunch of time in a place that you probably shouldn't be after a certain time either. So well, that's kind of how we cope. What exactly are couples doing for date nights these days, Jason? What's available? You know, I think people are trying to, and when I say this, I'm talking people who are more along the hip line, the hipster type folks who, you know, like to advertise that they're socially conscious you know, they'll put up pictures and say, here we are having a socially distanced barbecue. Here we are having a socially distanced distance. And that's fine. I'm all for responsibility. That's that's great. That's great. But uh, I don't know what they're doing. You know, I figure they're sitting at home looking at each other, bitching about things and just being real, basically their normal selves, you know, <laughs> just basically being unhappy with each other like they would be doing if we didn't have a COVID-19 and looking at Facebook and wondering, you know, why the hell everybody else looks happier than they do. Ladies and gentlemen, Jason is in rare form tonight. Tell us how you really feel, sir. You know, some people, you know, they're, they're doing some creative things. I'm, I'm sure. I just really, you know, it's just so much bull crap to me, man. I mean, I can't go do this. I can't go do that. Well, you're just saying that because you don't want to be around each other. Just sit at home and and get to know each other. Paint the house together. You know, do simple things. There's so many simple things that you can do that need to be done. Quit seeking entertainment, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I'm sorry. How did I get on that? But I I don't really know what the hell they're doing. You know? doing everybody i know is a bum so who knows (laughs) wow (laughs) (laughs) to go back to the original question that i asked y'all i forgot to answer mine this is the first summer in a long time that i've actually had a relationship shout out to you stacy i know you're listening i love you baby covid just happened to hit at a nice wonderful time for me and my wife 
we used to go to the movies, uh, you know, we went a couple of times with Mr. Aikens there. We'd go out to eat a lot. I am a fat boy, so I love to eat. Anything always revolves around food for me. It's just the way it is. I ain't going to change, even though I am losing weight or trying to. Miss Stacy introduced me to the nice, wonderful thing that is the Bankhead National Forest. We tried to do exactly what TLC told us not to do in the song. We started trying to chase waterfalls. <laughs> Jason's Very. looking at me like, I cannot believe you just said that. I think you'll go into phase. <laughs> but, you know, and even... <laughs> Even after COVID hit, you know, they, the state parks and everything was still opened up. She's had to work a lot, and we started staying at home a little bit more. Found some nice, wonderful streaming apps to watch movies on. Still went out and ate as much as we could, either that or went and picked it up curbside and brought it back. We tried to make do, but thankfully, we've got real good news not only are the restaurants starting to open up their dining rooms again, but the movie theaters are also coming back up. They opened up, I guess it would be, what, two weeks ago now, as we are yeah. recording this? Yeah, yeah. The only thing that I'm wondering about is how much damage did COVID do to the movie theaters? And with everybody that I know of just going to streaming apps and stuff like that for their movies, how much do y'all think in the future are the streaming apps going to hurt the movie theaters even more so than what they possibly already have? Jason, I'm going to start with you. Yeah, uh, the streaming apps definitely hurt the movies. Uh, this situation we find ourselves in with um, COVID-19, it, it's almost like you could ha you, you, you would have had a hard time inventing something that would be more advantageous to streaming versus the theater because literally the theaters have been shut down so people are forced maybe people who normally wouldn't get into streaming that much they got to do something so there they go and with the original content on the streaming services which has basically if you watch the golden globes or the emmys or whatever last year it was dominated by netflix and Amazon and the different streaming services. They have taken over, whereas I remember 10, 20 years ago when HBO and Showtime, some of their original television shows began to dominate your normal, regular channels, I guess, it's, uh, or, or networks. And that was a new thing. Now that's kind of come and gone, and it's the streaming services, because I tried to watch, I guess it was the Emmys, and I'm like, I do not know any of these shows. I'm totally in the dark. So that's going to have a big impact that'll affect television and the networks, of course, obviously more than the, the movies. But with the technology we have today, and I don't see it stopping or slowing down, I believe you're going to see more and more, whether it be done illegally or illegally, people watching current movies on their home TV through some type of streaming or internet service. That's going to chip away at it. It's going to continue to chip away at it. When people get comfortable with that, they go to the theater less, and then it becomes an afterthought. So it's going to naturally lose audience to those type things. But then when with COVID-19, it's just an absolute hammer shot to the theaters. 
the loyalists, the people who love going to theater will go back. People like you, people like me, people who just love the theater experience, but it's going to be a little bit more diminished. And, and I think over time it will continue to be diminished. I think the trend will continue. Well, I know even before COVID hit, the theaters was taking large shots and everything from all the piracy apps. Mm. I'm worried that since people have gotten so used to not going to the theater that they're not going to go near as much. Melissa, what about you? I think it's going to be more area specific of places that are going to be affected because there are people that just love to go out and the movies is one of the best places to go. You could sit in a comfortable place. You could eat popcorn. You can watch something together. So, I mean, people who are dying to get out still in their house, uh, they're still going to go to the movies. For instance, over COVID, some of the movie theaters around ended up showing older films, but like in a drive-through sense. And they didn't really have like a, a drive-through, but or drive-in. Sorry, a drive-in. They put it on the side of the building. They had enough parking over there, and they turned that into basically a drive-in and they were they were showing concerts and older movies and i think a couple of times it was men in black and iron man they weren't showing anything new but they were still making money by doing that so i think again it's just going to be depending on where you're at and i'm closer to a bigger city so most people they got to have something to do they still want something to do to get out um i took the dogs to the dog park <laughs> there were still people there but not really that many but we didn't get to go experience the drive-in part and we wanted to, though. They were doing a double feature just about every, well, yeah, it was every weekend. We found a drive-in that was in Columbus somewhere. We were actually going to go to it, but they shut down right beforehand. So we couldn't really understand what was going on with the differences and whatnot. But the ones here in Reynoldsburg stayed open. And they just shot whatever they felt like shooting on the weekends and the weekends only. But still, people still had that need to go out. I mean, they were packed. And we were watching things slowly start to reopen. And when we went, I thought we were going to be the only ones in the movie theater, but uh, we bought tickets <laughs> to their particular studio where it was like, it was a special kind of screen. It was a bigger screen. It was a different kind of seats. I'm not going to say it was packed. It was nowhere close to packed, but there were a few other families that came in with us. And that was the last show of the night. And I don't know what they did through the day, but people still have that desire to get out and go somewhere. Unless something replaces that, I don't think that it's going to completely fold. I don't see it making a huge comeback, though, either. Melissa, can I ask you something? Yeah. I have kind of wondered if possibly we will see a, a shrinking market of movie theaters to where there won't be quite as many as there are now. And the ones that are around maybe we'll have to cater more to the experience. In other words, even kind of go back to what theaters might've been more like in the forties, fifties, and even sixties, where they were a little bit more luxurious, a little bit better kept. And it was more of to go to the theater. That was a big date night. That was an event right? to get to go to the theater and, and, and make some time of it, which now they would use some, of course, technology and interactive type stuff. But uh, instead of just basically the theaters started turning in the 80s into just like warehouses, multi-screen warehouses, 
and get as many butts in the seat as possible and make your money off the popcorn. I just wonder if they'll go back to that more service-oriented, experience-based type of a venue. They've kind of done a little developing over the years. You know, they've got the 3D movies and the IMAX movies and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I don't know if either one of you have ever been to Disney World. I thought oh, they have theaters there that you smell what the characters would smell. You feel the wind. You feel a mist. You, you know, so, and it was 3D. So like if Mickey Mouse stuck an apple pie out to the crowd, you could smell the apple pie. And I thought that would be kind of the future of what theaters should be. But, you know, that's the only place I've ever seen one like that as far as the experience goes i think that if they did that then yeah i think it would completely boom because disney's got it well even me when i went i don't know 10 15 years ago there was no seat left untouched that, that whole place was sold out it was just the experience people loved that experience and it wasn't anything new it's like honey i shrunk the kids you know so i mean if they crossbred that into a working thing for the whole movie industry i think that they could make a huge comeback but since theater has come out i mean we've seen them boom and then we've seen them kind of dwindle away even older movie theaters have now turned into a stage for like plays and whatnot and that i wish would make a comeback but it's just not a thing in a lot of parts of the united states well jason have you been to the, I, I hate to plug this, but I've, I've got to as an example, because it's the only example that I know. AMC started, whenever they started buying the re- different movie theaters and everything like that, the ones that were more upscale. There is also a movie theater here close by, and I'll go ahead and give it a plug, even though I probably don't want to, because I ain't paying for this. But AM, the AMC Theater in Vestavia Hills, for example. They try to sell more of the experience. They've also got the recliners in, the, in there for, the, for you to sit in and stuff like that. They'll actually serve up different stuff other than popcorn, and they'll bring it to you and things like that. You have to pay more for it, but they'll do it. Now that the theaters have been back open, we decided we were going to do a little bit of homework for the show a couple of weeks ago, whenever they first opened up, and we all three went and seen the New Mutants. Jason, because I know you're such a wonderful fan of Marvel that you keep up with every single thing coming out possible, if you would give the folks that may not know anything about the New Mutants a little bit of a cliff note summary of where the movie comes from and, and a summary of the movie. And then tell us what you think about it. After you get done, Melissa, I'm going to ask what you what your thoughts of the movie was. Go ahead, Jason. Well, in the 1990s, Marvel was in trouble. They were really struggling. Comics in general were struggling, but Marvel more than anybody. And the most successful titles they had X-Man titles, the mutants. For some reason, they were doing gangbusters in the 90s. And uh, so to try to appeal to a different demographic, a younger demographic, they came out with what was called the New Mutants. Sometimes they were referred to as the Teenage Mutants, not the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Teenage Mutants. 
but the new mutants is where that what we get the um the film from now this movie was the final installment in the x-men movie story that 20th century fox started back in 2001 some have been very successful and very good others have not been so great uh, 20th century fox was bought out by disney Disney is the parent company to Marvel that reverted all of the rights for the X-Men back to Marvel because they had been sold to 20th Century Fox during the 90s when they were struggling. This movie then was in limbo, and it stayed in limbo for about three years because Marvel has been on this 10 going on 11 year run where they have been doing Marvel film after Marvel film on the different titles they have a, a storyline continuity that is unlike anything we've ever seen in film history. Is it 27 films, Terry? I think so. 27 films that all interweave and interlock, and it's phenomenal. So here you have another Marvel title that was not part of any of that, The New Mutants, that was trying to introduce a trilogy of films based on these younger characters they were going to go uh, with a little bit more genre-bending storylines. This was going to be a quote-unquote horror movie, so to speak. And we're not used to seeing uh, superhero films that are horror movies. It got put on the shelf because Marvel was trying to decide whether or not they were going to release it. Then COVID-19 hit, and its release date got pushed back uh, two more times. Now it's kind of been pushed out there, I guess, because Marvel has nothing to put out. They had to shut production on a lot of their films, and uh, most studios don't have a lot to put out, so I guess they thought, well, it's now or never. Let's get this on out there. The film basically converges around Danny Moonstar. She's the main character, and she plays a Native American that has gone through a traumatic experience and ends up at this facility that she is told is for young mutants to kind of teach them to contain their power so that they might move on and possibly even go on to another facility to learn to lose, uh, use their powers even better. And they're led to believe, or they do believe, that this, this is training them to go to the um, uh, Xavier's School for Gifted Children, uh, which is where the X-Men train under Professor X. Well, spoiler alert, it's not that at all. It's basically a compound that was taken over by the Essex Corporation. The Essex Corporation is a company that is owned by a Marvel character, a mutant named Nathaniel Essex. His storyline goes back several years in Marvel. Basically, he's a guy from the late 1800s who was a geneticist and became obsessed with mutations and evolution. Through experimentation on himself, he kind of unlocks some powers. He's granted more power from the mutant apocalypse, and then he becomes a character that is referred to as Mr. Sinister. And his whole thing throughout the entire X-Men storyline is he takes mutants, takes their DNA, tries to use some of their power to make himself even more powerful or to genetically engineer other mutants. If you watch the movie Deadpool 2, the young mutant that Cable is trying to kill and that uh, Ryan Reynolds' character Deadpool is trying to protect is staying at an Essex school for, for wayward children, wayward mutant children, where he's being abused. 
Um, if you watch the movie X-Men Apocalypse, at the very end, there's an end credit scene where men come into a lab and they're taking DNA samples and blood samples that have been collected from well-known mutants. The suitcase they're carrying says Essex Corporation. So that's where this all comes in. And you learn that on into the movie. Okay, that being said, basically it becomes kind of a teen drama with these younger mutants. They're trying to figure out what's going on, why they're there, blah, blah, blah. Then they finally, toward the the end of, of the movie, understand that they're being kept there against their will and turn against the uh, doctor that's keeping them there, who is also a mutant herself. The main character, Danny Moonstar, is beginning to come into her own in her powers, which is unleashing all kinds of havoc on the other young mutants inadvertently. She's a very powerful telepath. And the movie kind of goes into its conclusion with a battle scene with, with her battling the, the uh, manifestation of her fear, uh, which is the demon bear. And um, it ends with them defeating the uh, doctor and getting demon bear under control and leaving the school for what would have been leading into the second movie in a trilogy, which is now not to be. Yeah, isn't this Fox's last X-Men movie? This is it. This is the last one. It's over with for them. They're not, I don't even think they've retained the name 20th Century Fox. I think it's just 20th Century Studios or something like that. They, that that's how gone 20th Century Fox is at this point. Well, didn't Disney buy them? Yes, that's exactly. And that's all over with. It's done. Well, what did you think about the movie? You think it was good? Well, it was a nice distraction. It was something we could go in and sit down and watch, and it, it took our minds off of things. There, the CGI graphics, I thought were pretty good. I really did. Some of the acting I thought was very good for the younger uh, actors and actresses. You know, it wasn't as campy or as teen dialogue-driven as I was afraid it was going to be. I thought that writing was pretty decent. I, I feel like they could have done much more in taking advantage of the horror genre. They had a couple of scares that were pretty decent scares, but I think they could have done a lot more and made it a much better film, uh, much more fun to watch. I think it's gotten a lot of criticism that it does not deserve. It's no, it's not great. It's not. It's not anywhere on par with Marvel films now and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's more of a junior film from another era, and and you can tell that. But it's you know it's something I would tell someone. You know, it's it's worth watching. Um, it's not worth paying top dollar for by any means, but it's worth watching, and it's enjoyable. The thing for me that hurts it the most is that it's really the first part of a story that's supposed to continue, but we know will not continue. So that kind of makes it almost like, why would I bother with watching this? Has it already been confirmed that it's not going to continue? It's well, yes, because it, the rumor got out last January that it was going to be part of the MCU. And that rumor was confirmed by Disney, yes, that it would be. And then two weeks later, Disney came out and said, no, that was a mistake. 
it will not be part of our cinematic universe. And I don't, I think they would have a hard time putting it in there. Now they had some good characters and some decent actresses that did a good job that would fit into the MCU and do, I think do well, but I don't see how you can make this work. I really don't. Now I'm sure they can, but I don't think they're going to because when you look at what all they're involved with right now and the fact that they've been held up for a year on producing and filming. So they have so much on their plate. I don't see the benefit to Marvel. I, I see it for them. It's more like, let this thing just go ahead and run its course, have its day in the sun, and let's move on and keep going. Melissa, what did you think about the movie? I actually enjoyed the direction they took because it wasn't, in my eyes, it wasn't like comic book or normal comic book written. It was that darker side. It was a it was scary. I, I, I'm not a big horror movie fan, but the fact they took this and put it in a horror-based area, I was pretty happy with it. And it, I was very intrigued. I really enjoyed the direction they took with it and the fact that she has so much power that she couldn't control. And they were so willing to just take her out instead of helping her try to figure out how to use it. And then by the end of it, of course, she figures out how to use it on her own. I thought that was a really big, deep move. And it was kind of an undertone of you don't know how much power you possess and you don't know how to control what, what you have within you. Of course, I always look for stuff like that anyway. I really enjoyed the direction they took it. I, I kept up with the story. I went with Elena. She stayed awake through it. She actually really enjoyed it as well. And when we watch movies together, it's like night and day of what we watch. If I put on something I enjoy, she typically falls asleep. And if she puts on something she's enjoying which is usually a scary movie. Uh, she falls asleep because I am right under her arm because <laughs> I get so scared. I don't do scary movies very well, but I really enjoyed the direction they took with this one. It didn't have that typical X-Men feel, which I don't think it was supposed to anyway. But as far as taking it to another direction, I, you're right. I don't see how they would do that unless they took that format and put it back on like an X-Men kind of a way that would work. But I enjoyed it a lot. Well, I think money talks. And if this movie does well, as far as the almighty dollar goes, I think they'll figure out some kind of a way to put it all together, especially if the fans give their voice out. Before I give my opinion, I'm going to read a couple of critic reviews. Amon Warman, I think I pronounced that right, from Empire says, Despite a game cast, the new mutants horror elements aren't very scary. And as a superhero movie, it fails to truly excite a disappointing finale to Fox's X-Men franchise. And they give it a two out of five. Tara McNamara from Common Sense Media says, if 20th Century Fox's X-Men Dark Phoenix was a shrug, this abandoned spinoff is a whimper. Two out of five. I personally think the two out of five was very nice. I would have gave it a one out of five. I thought it would have been decent from uh, maybe a straight-to-DVD release, but that's about the best I can give it. During the story, they left a lot of holes that, and for several questions that me being a religious Marvel movie watcher and somebody who grew up reading comics... Some of those little details that Mr. Akins was able to point out about the Essex Corporation 
for those that didn't know anything about those movies or those stories or anything like that, they were completely lost. I didn't even know where they were. Mine and Stacy's biggest questions coming out was who was holding them? Where are they holding them? Everything like that, because it wasn't talked about in the movie. The one thing that I did like about the story itself was the darker approach. They had it classified as horror. I don't know why, because it wasn't scary at all. But I did like the darker approach, as I said, because there's a lot of mutants in the Marvel universe that are not, what's the word that I'm looking for? They're not all sunshine and rainbows, I guess. There's a darker feel to a lot of their stuff. That was the one thing about the movie that I did like. Just to be perfectly honest with you, the more I sat there, the more I was wondering why I wasted the money to go see it. Luckily, I went to a drive-in. It was $7 to get in, and there was a double feature. Really wished we would have reviewed Unhinged, because I could talk about that one all night. I loved that movie. Unhinged, the Terry Cagle story. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to watch that one. Unhinged is road rage gone to the extreme, sir. I'll just leave it at that. I ain't going to spoil it for anybody. For what it was, it was okay, I guess. But at the same time, I just felt like I wasted money. I couldn't get into it. But that that was just me. I'm glad that y'all were able to enjoy it. And I'm glad that you did enjoy it. Where I'm looking at right now, the according to the audience rating summary, the average was a 3.3 on it so far. You think that's an accurate number? I'd go as far as giving it two and a half stars to three. Yeah, I, I could I could see three by some, but I can also see where some people would say two. What I'm considering is I'm looking at, okay, the limitations they were working with, the fact that I have a prejudiced view because my excitement comes not only from going to see the film, but thinking, okay, how is this going to interlock with all these other stories and they're in this universe that's being built? I get a real enjoyment out of that. So those things kind of put a damper for me going in. They prejudice my view. But even with that, I, it, it's, it's a fun movie to watch if you like superhero movies. What would you think, Melissa? If you was going to give it a rating one out of five, what would you give it? I'd give it a three. But, you know, also, I haven't been to a movie in forever. So, I mean, my experience alone was great and the fact i mean that was a good starting movie for me to get back to going into the movies i I really enjoyed sitting there we had reclining seats and heated seats and i was at a really big screen so you know my experience was amazing again i might have been just really excited to get out but i would have given it a solid three i think you just hit the nail on the head i think the majority of the people that go and watch this is just going to be excited to get out of the house and actually go to the theater yeah As far as that goes, I think it was a fantastic time to release the movie. If the movie theaters and everything would have already been opened, if this movie was released at the same time as the last Harley Quinn movie, for example, we would probably be talking about how bad the movie was doing in the box office. Mm -hmm. My opinion. Yeah. That's still the worst superhero movie I've ever seen, Harley Quinn. It was terrible. Yeah. Again, I liked it. So, <laughs> I don't know. I just take things differently, I guess. You guys are more of a comic book based. it got to match that part. And I'm just like, I'm going to take it for what it is. So <laughs> We're purist. Yeah, I'm not a purist. I'm going to take it for what it is at entertainment value. 
is entertaining enough for me. Before we wrap this up, let's have some fun. And by having some fun, I'm talking about let's play a little bit of a game. Play some Would You Rather. What do you think? I love these kind of games. Would you rather have $7 million or be guaranteed a healthy life? Jason, I'm going to start with you. I think I'm going to have to go with healthy life. Why? Well, because uh, without that, $7 million is is not going to mean a whole lot. Okay. I mean, you have to have the foundation, and the foundation is a, is a healthy life because you can make money, you can lose money. You're right. Melissa, what about you? $7 million or be guaranteed a healthy life? I'm going to go with healthy life because nowadays I don't think $7 million is quite enough. <laughs> I mean, maybe for one person, but <laughs> not for our entire family to live on for the next for that lifetime. But you're right. You can always make money. I can always get lucky. I'd rather have the healthy life. If it was $7 billion. I'd go with the $7 billion. I'm 35. I think I'd be okay with $7 billion till the end of my life. I guess I'm in the minority here. Give me the $7 million. But with the $7 million, I can buy a lot of supplements. I can build myself a gym. I could stay in shape. I could do everything that I can do right now even better to make sure that I stay healthy. And even then it's a crapshoot. So I think I'd, I think I'd rather take my chances with the money. At least whenever I pass away from being unhealthy, the people in my life will be financially set for a little while, but that's just me. Melissa, I'm going to start with you on this one. Would you rather have an easy job with decent pay or have a hard job with great pay? I would rather have a hard job with great pay. Why is that? I have an easy job with okay pay right now. <laughs> I get bored. I feel like sometimes I need to be challenged and I always have the need to like solve the issue. So you give me a hard job that I can solve that pays well, I'll feel rewarded in two ways instead of just one. Jason, what about you? Have an easy <laughs> job with decent pay or have a hard job with great pay? Hmm. Boy, that's a that's a tough one right there. Actually, for me, I think I think I'm going to go ahead and I'll I'll go opposite of Melissa. I'll take the easy job with decent pay. And why? No, is I'll, that? I'll take that. Well, because I think you have other outlets for creativity, other outlets for con- to be able to contribute to grow as a person. And but I know how a stressful job can just totally dominate you. And, and, and crush anything else around you but the job. I'm going to have to go with you, brother. I'd rather have the easy job with the decent pay. As long as I could have my bills took care of, have a little bit extra in the bank, and be able to go and do what I wanted to, I think that'd be good. I've had a hard job with great pay before. I had all kinds of money, but I didn't have time to spend it. And then I've also had hard jobs with crappy pay. <laughs> Can I get an amen, Mr. Akins? Yeah, I've, I've been there with you on that, buddy. Amen. So, We've all been there. <laughs> yeah. I bet. As long as I can pay my bills, be comfortable, I'm all right. Jason, I'm going to start with you. Would you rather never have to pay bills or never have to pay for food? Never have to pay bills. Why? Um, because... If I'm able to figure out a way to stop the deer, I can grow food. 
nice. Can I give you some advice on the uh, on the deer problem? Oh, give me some advice. Well, since you've already tried the stink bait, I'm assuming that you went on ahead and went Sonic. <clears throat> I was going to, and then I, I pulled back because it, at that point it was almost too late. Next year, I would invest in fence. Put you up a little fence around it. Electrical. I could even go electrical. Yes, you can. You might get PETA on you, but you could go electrical. Well, PETA can come on out here and chase these deer off. <laughs> I guarantee you. If they interfere with my farming, then I'll be chasing them off. All right. <laughs> Melissa, same question. Never have to pay bills or never have to pay for food? I'm going to also choose no bills. Why is that? Well, when you live in a house, it, there's things that people need to survive today, which is heat, electricity, water, and those kinds of things. So I'm a firm believer those are kind of needed to survive. And there's not really much variation you could do with it. However, when you go to choose what you want to eat, if you were fed for life, never had to pay for food, what kind of food am I going to get? So I don't like having to think about that part. I'd rather pay for the food that I want instead of the food somebody just wants to give me. Well, I didn't really think about it that way. I was actually thinking about it in a nice positive way. My answer would be, since I am a fat boy and I love to eat and the majority of my money goes to food as it is, I would rather never have to pay for food. I don't mind paying for bills, but the majority of my paycheck consequently goes to either groceries or restaurants. That's understandable. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I get that. Speaking of which, since I have been told that some people actually like listening to some of my food recommendations around here, if you've never been up to around the Russellville area, which is where I went to the drive-in theater at to watch that movie that I had to set through, and I wished I hadn't have suggested it, there is also a restaurant up in that area called the 43 Grill. It is hashtag fat boy approved. Went up there last night. I had a fantastic 24-ounce ribeye cooked almost to perfection. So if you're up around the Russellville, Alabama area, stop in, see those folks. I'm sure that you'll get as fantastic a service as I did. You know, I've been by there several times. It's a good place. Right there, right there on the right. Mm -hmm. We'll load up one night and do a double date. That'd be good. Maybe hit that drop-in. There you go. Last question of the night. Last question of the night. And this one ought to be fun since we were talking about food. Melissa, I'm going to start with you. Would you rather have pancakes or have waffles? Uh, I like waffles better. I'd Why do you waffles. say waffles? Uh, the texture. They have that crunch that uh, you can add as much butter and as much syrup as you want. And as long as you eat it in the perfect time frame, it still has that crunch in it. I'd rather have that than pancakes any day. Waffles are 10 times over better in my mouth. Jason, what about you? Would you rather have pancakes or would you rather have waffles? And it's hands down pancakes for me. Hands down pancakes, not hands. even a thought. Why is it already hands-down pancakes for you? 
Well, for one, I like the texture of the pancake if it's done properly and not overcooked. I like it kind of soft. I like it to um, be almost undercooked, if that makes any sense. And, and I'm old school. Growing up, we pancakes is what we were used to having. Waffles were something that came out of a box that was advertised on TV. And that was something that you just imagined was, uh, and this may sound strange, that that would, we, you know, I just, as a kid, I just imagined, well, that's what city kids eat. I have such fond memories of pancakes. Growing up where we did, before the building went away and then they built a bingo hall, one of my favorite places to go for pancakes was a little restaurant off of Old 78 Highway called Uncle Mort's. Uncle Mort's. They used to bring you pancakes in a stack of three. And me being the gluttonous fat boy that I was, anytime I went over there, I, I got two stacks. And they used to have the butter that was in the little individual packets that you could take out. We take your butter knife, get it on there. And whenever those pancakes came out, they were nice and hot and fresh. You just take that butter. I'd put it on each layer. Yeah. And then, by, and then I always had a specific way that I ate it too. I would always start on one side and I would either go clockwise or counterclockwise around the outside. And they would all, I would always put at least a half of a thing of the syrup on top of it too, because those pancakes always soaked up the syrup so well. That way, by the time I got to the center, those individual pieces of butter had already melted down and soaked in. And it was just that ooey gooey goodness that was left. Well, these days, I'll be honest with you, I am a fan of the Huddle House waffle. I don't know if you have tried this, and I, as many plugs as I've been giving for restaurants tonight, we should be drawing some money from these people. <laughs> but that Huddle House waffle is hashtag fat boy approved. It is a very good waffle. But waffle House, waffle House also has very good waffles. Yes, they do. I, I would I hope agree. Waffle House has good waffles, considering it's in the name of the restaurant. They're, they're huge, though. And this is what I mean by you got to eat it in the right texture frame because when it gets cold, oh. it has, yeah, oh, when it oh, get, yes. uh, the colder it gets. So the warmer it is and the, like it's fresh off the thing, it's just that's a massive waffle. Now, this question would have been between French toast and pancakes. I still would have chosen French toast. I like pancakes, but I don't I, know I, what it is about that extra crunch. I just goes, think you good. like it crusty. That's all I think. <laughs> Crunchy, not crusty. <laughs> well, sometimes crusty is crunchy. No, <laughs> crusty is crusty. <laughs> it's time, it's time-sensitive. Right. time-sensitive food. It has to be on time. It has to be warm. And when it is, you just can't beat it. I could eat breakfast every day for two or three meals that's all the time we have for this episode please like the page and join the group on facebook at ports matters podcast please subscribe or follow us on apple podcast google podcast spotify stitcher tune in radio or the platform of your choice so you don't miss an episode if you're listening to us on apple podcast please rate the show and leave us a review if you have the time thank you very much for listening and catch us next time right here on Porch Matters.